Welcome to another episode of Straight Out Left Podcast, Thursday Night Edition. This episode has been a long time coming. I've been off the air for a good bit recently, but I'm back now and I've got lots to talk about tonight, uh, including but not limited to Angels Mariners Brawl, O'Neill Cruz, and complain about All-Star Game voting because why not? So that's all coming up on tonight's episode. Stick around. It's going to be a good one. good to be back um i'm sorry for the long hiatus i've just uh been very busy the past couple of weeks um with work and family stuff going on so i haven't been able to upload but i'm finally gonna get back into the swing of things i'm promising an upload tonight for thursday and then a weekend upload over the fourth of july weekend hopefully even two i might even stress myself and say two between saturday and monday and then definitely one more on Tuesday night as well. And hopefully I can kind of um, get back into uh, that rhythm of two to three uploads a week. Um, after uh, this next week, I will be um, one thing I've been doing is I've been helping coach my uh, brother's baseball team. So I haven't I've been busy a lot of nights where I would want to upload, but I can't. So, yeah, so it'll give me more time at the end of the summer to actually dive in to this this project a little more and keep the uploads coming on a more consistent basis which will be convenient because it'll be right before the trade deadline so i'm going to want to be all over that but anyway tonight um kind of just going to be going through some current event stories in the mlb some big ones and then talking about this interesting all-star game ballot shakeout because the way i see it People might be like, oh, why are you talking about the All-Star Game? It's just a dumb popularity contest, and you're right. I don't deny that. But it just gives me something to rant about, and at the end of a long day, it's kind of fun just to for me to sit back in my armchair and be like, talk about how stupid a lot of the American public is. The people who don't watch baseball and fill out the All-Star Game ballots and just, if they see a blue Dodgers hat or a navy yankee hat that's who they select honestly though a lot of yankees deserve to be in the all-star game dodgers as well too but you get the idea not recognizing that oh just because a guy doesn't play on the coast he's not that doesn't mean he's not a good player anyway um probably the most viral story recently has been the crazy brawl that went down between the angels and the mariners um a few days ago, uh, last Sunday on the 28th, 12 suspensions were handed down. And I feel like MLB handled it pretty well. Um, I watched, I've watched the brawl video. I have not watched John Boy's breakdown of it yet, which I need to do. I still haven't done it yet because honestly, he, I think the MLB, if they haven't already, they should start using his videos for disciplinary hearings. Because he just, yeah, he's so good at picking things out and breaking things down. But, I mean, most of these seem appropriate. I mean, I don't, I'm a big Jesse Winker guy, so I hate seeing him being suspended for a whole seven games. But when you flip off fans, it's kind of what you should expect. So, yeah, it seems about fair. Rendon coming onto the field while in the IL, he's wearing his cast and he's in the middle of this fight. I mean, that's really, it's kind of dumb on his part. You know, not even just rules aside. 
yeah, not not great for him. So he's suspended for five games. So I guess that just means he can't like be with the team for those five games because he's done for the season. Um, kind of filters down. Dom Chidi, Chidi, I don't know how you say that. Uh, Angels pitching coach got five games. Crawford from Seattle got five games. Andrew wants the the pitcher who threw at Winker. He has three games. Tapera from Los Angeles has three games. Iglesias has two games. His epic uh, sunflower seed toss probably got him that. Although that's not worth a suspension. That was just that was hilarious, man. Um, Fielder coaches and Julio Rodriguez got different. Uh, got a couple games. But then Phil Nevin got ten games for the Angels, which honestly. Now, I don't know a lot about Phil Nevin, but from what little I know, based on us watching him as a coach on te- other teams, I haven't really watched many Angels games since that whole thing went down, but he seems like kind of a hothead. He seems kind of like a guy who's like, yeah, like, you can't throw at us. I'm going to retaliate and just do as much do as much as I can or come at you as hard as I can. Because I per- I perceive this as a slight. And the Mariners have been kind of involved in a few different situations this year. So they might become one of those teams that just tends to be more chippy. But yeah, going out there and... Now the thing is, is that he changed his starting pitching. The the thing that I think um, the uh, Chris Rose pointed this out on John Boy Media. Um, really good point by him. But the Angels didn't have Andrew Wants as their starter. He's not even a starting pitcher. So they, at the last minute, they flipped out their original starter and put Wants in as the uh, opener, knowing that Nevin wanted to order, he was going to order Wants, throw at the Mariners until and show them that we mean business until a brawl ensues and you're going to get tossed, but whatever, because you're not the starter, so we're not going to lose you. So doing that clearly shows that he was out for... I mean, it sounds a little harsh, but he was out for blood. So a 10-game suspension, I think, is definitely fair. And I don't know. I don't know if that's kind of what the Angels should be focused on right now. They're still trying to rebound from their terrible slump. And Nevin's coming into a situation where he's replacing not just any manager, but a pretty seasoned, well-respected manager in Joe Madden. And we can talk about what whether Madden... Um, man was working for the angels or not. That's a whole different story. But the thing is he's coming into it with, he has to lead this team who just lost their manager and they have so many expect, so very high expectations on them. And they right now they're out of a playoff spot and well below 500. So they need to start winning games and win games now. And they've kind they've been picking up the pace a little bit, but to get so hung up on this on his part is I think a really it's not a good idea. It's, it should not be your priority to be, we're going to throw our weight around, show the Mariners who's boss, because you guys got to you gotta be focused on making sure you have all hands on deck and everyone's ready and playing at their best and focusing on winning games instead of perceived slights, you know? I mean, yeah, and sure, the, with everything that was going on in the series with Trout getting thrown at and stuff, like, it, it, is a, it can be a real thing, but just... You can't be so zoned in on that. You've got to be focused on winning games and getting your team back in the playoff race because right now this is going to be yet another failed season for the Angels and another year where Otani and Trout miss the playoffs. And if Nevin is just so concerned about trying to sh- 
being be an alpha male out there, that's not okay. So yeah, him putting Watson there as his opener clearly shows that he wanted to start something. So yeah, I think a ten game suspension is definitely fair. Hopefully they can figure it out and he can figure out how to manage a team when he's when he comes back. Um last note on this, I hope that on both sides, because I mean uh you you can't really say that one team necessarily won this fight. I mean the Angels definitely look like more of the aggressors because of what Nevin did, but the Mariners kind of have have been gaining that reputation of being a pretty fight feisty team, pretty antagonistic team. But I would love to see both of these teams come out because they're both teams that were expected to make the playoffs this year, but have not lived up to those expectations so far. Maybe not expected like sure things, but like they were definitely in the picture. And especially on, on both of their sides, like it's, you know, the Mariners are trying to end a 20 game long, a 20, sorry, 20 year long po- plus postseason drought. And the Angels have two of the best players in the world and they still can't figure it out. So what I would love to see is for both these teams to take this incident and use this as their turning point and be like, all right, here we go. We're kicking into high gear and we're going to get hot and this is going to galvanize us and help us shoot up into the playoff picture again. I would love to see that. And then imagine if these two teams are fighting it out at the end of the season for that last wildcard spot or better yet, they make it to the playoffs and have to play each other. That is going to be a very, very interesting series. So I'd love to watch that. And plus watching Otani and Ray, Robbie Ray going against each other in a pitching matchup. By the way, I, I was thinking about this while I was preparing this episode. Um, I have some starting pitcher related content for the next episode planned, but I don't know if I've thrown this out there yet, but starting pitching is one of my, might be my favorite aspect of major league baseball. Like I, I pick which games I watch normally just based on who's starting. I know lots of people do that, but I put a lot of weight into that. But yeah, like I love those great starting pitcher matchups like the Robbie Rays and within division two, like the Robbie Ray versus the Shohei Otani or the Alec Manoa against the Nestor Cortez matchup or the Shane Bieber against the Sonny Gray, those kinds of things. But anyway, I would love to see the Angels and Mariners shoot up in the playoff picture and be fighting each other for uh, to stay alive. That'd be fun to watch. Speaking of uh, teams that have a lot of expectations and are trying to make the playoffs, the Philadelphia Phillies were dealt a very critical blow when Bryce Harper, who's been without a doubt their most consistent best hitter, as he should be, but it's kind of by a long shot, even in that stacked lineup. He uh, got hit on his uh, hit with a pitch on his hand, and he's going to require surgery. That's going to keep him out for a very long time. Hopefully he'll be back before the end of the season. It really depends on how things go with the diagnosis and what procedures and options are available to him. But if you ask me, I don't think there's anything more demoralizing for the Phillies. I mean, they lost their manager got fired, but then they got they rallied and got hot after Girardi got canned. And then they're kind of back in it. But then losing Harper, who Harper's like the heart and soul of that team, like you can tell he brings all he brings a ton of emotion, a ton of energy to the clubhouse. Um, he seems like he's matured a little bit since his DC days, at least in my opinion. But yeah, he's like the guy in Philly. So losing him is really going to be really hard on his teammates. So I'm going to come on the record and say this, but I think that the Phillies don't. Ma- 
um, they don't make the no. This specific injury isn't going to cause them to miss the playoffs, but um, oh crap, a ad just popped up on my computer. Sorry, um, I'm not going to say that this is going to cause them to miss the playoffs, but if Harper doesn't get back soon enough, the Phillies aren't going to make the playoffs. The only way they get back to the play, they make the playoffs, is if Harper gets back relatively quickly, as quick as he can, and then they he lights a fire under his team and then they shoot up into the playoffs. But without him, they just, I don't think they're going to get it done. Just based on what I've seen from this Philadelphia team. Um, Let's see. Those were kind of the two big MLB talking points I had. Um, Oh, one more, I guess. Um, uh, Debut or a new rookie. O'Neill Cruz, if you haven't been paying attention, has been really, really fun to watch. And he's actually made me tune into a ton of Pirates games. Now I am a part Pirates fan because my mom's side of the family is from Pittsburgh. But um, yeah, he's he's whipping the ball across the diamond at almost 100 miles per hour on his throws from short. He's only hitting 211 in 10 games, but he does have a homer. I think he hit another home run tonight, I saw. And apparently it was a river shot in PNC Park. But he has a home run, eight RBIs. He's... uh. Also has three doubles, so he's hitting the ball hard. Just got to work on not striking out as much. But, yeah, he's showing a lot of great potential, and he's... um. I mean, the Pirates, you can kind of see a little bit of an identity starting to form. Now, it's um not like uh, the Orioles, who had actually their first winning month since uh, 2017, this month of June, but it's something. Man, the Orioles, if they just weren't in the American League East, it they would be a lot closer to competing. Not this year, no matter what division they're in. I don't think they're ready to compete yet. But if they weren't in the stacked American League East, as Boston, Toronto, Tampa Bay, and New York are all very good right now and all to varying degrees well-suited to compete in the future. But yeah, Baltimore is, not, is watchable and fun. They've got that core is kind of... Um, Besides the starting rotation, the rotation is still kind of eh. But their bullpen has been lights out. I mean, Jorge Lopez is an area below one, and Dylan Tate, Felix Bautista, and... Uh, uh, Tio- oh, crap, I actually don't know how to say this guy's name. Uh, Siono Perez, all of ERAs below two. So that bullpen's been lights out. When their rotation's giving them a lead and keeping them in the game, they're not letting it go. And the offense, I mean... Eddie Rushman's kind of started to look more comfortable. Um, he had a pretty bad start, but he just picked it up. Mount Castle, Austin Hayes are both well above av- league average bats. Mancini's doing his normal thing. Santander's hitting home runs. Mullins is playing amazing defense in center. The bat hasn't been quite as good this year, but he's a menace on the base paths. And yeah, there's kind of this little core forming, and it's kind of fun to see because finally Baltimore's starting to kind of see the light at the end of the tunnel, so to speak. So, um, yeah, um, that's encouraging, and it's fun to see uh, O'Neill Cruz come up for the Pirates, and he's gonna he symbolizes kind of the arrival, like the future is now kind of thing for them. All right, so I think that'll cover most uh, the major MLB news points I wanted to talk about. Um, real quick, just wanted to talk about or rant about the All Star Game, as I mentioned earlier. Uh, I'm spoke um miss i i 
was misinformed in my previous video about the all-star game this year they're only doing they're only doing two finalists for each position so those finalists finalists have been announced today and there's gonna be a runoff vote in the first week of july i think or it starts um when does it start starts on tuesday so july 5th and those two guys will compete for that one spot in each league. Although in the outfield, it's um, four guys to compete for the last two. And then a new thing this year is that the top overall vote getter in each league, regardless of position, would get an automatic. Um, so two guys would be getting automatic berths. So I'll start with that. Those two were Aaron Judge and Ronald Acuna, who I both said should be starting in the All-Star game. I think both of them definitely deserve that. So it's easy for Judge because he's a Yankee, and it's easy for Acuna because he's on, on the Braves who just won the World Series. So in terms of fan, the casual fan, those are the two teams they're going to gravitate towards. But still, yeah, both definitely deserve it. I mean, Judge has been amazing, and Acuna, since he's finally come off the IL, has been a nice extra spark for for the Braves. Um, but looking at my, um, my serious picks that I made, most of the guys that I picked are still in the uh, still in the running. The only people that aren't are Xander Bogarts, uh, Taylor Ward, Tyler Stevenson, and Jeff McNeil. Which I all those guys to an extent were expected. Bogarts surprised me. I don't know. I I want to see Stevenson in the All Star game. Man, he's I, I like him. He's a good young catcher. But anyway, really quick, I'm going to go through the finalists and give my unsolicited opinion on who you should vote for to be an informed voter and not just blindly follow the crowd because holy crap, there's a ton of like, for some reason the blue Jays are on everyone's mind. So everyone's voting for them and it's just full of Yankees and Dodgers. And again, um, now, especially this year, like the Yankees have earned that because they've been really good, but still, I mean, the All-Star game is about the best players, not that you play for the best team. Anyway, first base, um, it's Ty France and Vlad Guerrero. Um, Guerrero has more votes than France, but apparently for the runoff, every well, everything goes back to zero. So they're tied right now again, so clean slate. Had to pick one. It's actually a lot tighter than I thought it was going to be because France got off to an amazing start, whereas uh, Guerrero got off to a slow start. But now... With uh, Guerrero heating up and France being hurt, it's not quite as cut and dry as it used to be. Now, Guerrero definitely has more power than France. His 18 home runs and 46 RBIs. Uh, France is kind of down there. He's only got 10 home runs and 45 RBIs. The batting average is a lot better for France, though. It's uh, three, what is it, 316 compared to Guerrero's 266. But when you factor in everything else like... um. Um, and the way I see it is Guerrero is still definitely way more of a th a threat at the plate because he just he's crushing the ball as hard as he can every time. A fifty five OPS for Guerrero compared to where did France go? Oh, France has an eight sixty seven, so pretty close. Uh, France has him edged out a little bit. The WRC plus France is one fifty six, and Guerrero is one thirty nine. So you could honestly go either way. I'm going to say still go with Ty France. France is also pretty decent at first base defensively, at least compared to Guerrero. Guerrero is probably going to win because he's, um, you know, he's a very popular player. But I France will definitely be in the All-Star game. I would be nice to see him walk out there and start, though.
Second base, um, Andres Jimenez really emerged after I made my initial video, so I probably would vote for him over Altuve. But however, the finalists are Altuve and Santiago Espinal. And while Espinal has definitely had a fine season at the plate, you got to go with Altuve. Because um, he ha definitely has more power than Espinal does. Um, defensively, I don't know. I don't value defensive metrics defensive metrics as much, especially for the All-Star game. But, I mean, an 881 OPS for Altuve is 10th in the American League among qualified hitters. I mean, Espinal is a fine hitter, but... I mean, he's only a 713. That's pretty average. So, yeah, you got to go with Altuve, who I said in my previous video or podcast about this. Um, I also, um, I predicted, I, I had a really tough time for third base picking between Ramirez and Devers. And at the time, I went with Ramirez. But now, after a lot of just staring at my computer and trying to figure this out, I'm going with uh, Devers now over Ramirez because in every category that Ramirez has the edge over Devers, it's very slight. Like Ramirez has a 982 OPS, Devers has 979, so basically identical. Um, whereas Devers, though, he has his bang average of 328 is much higher than Ramirez's 297. And uh, they have about the same number of extra base hits. Devers has 17 home runs. Ramirez has 16, but the thing is, is Devers is just constantly getting on base and getting hits. Um, you know, hits always make more of an impact than walks do. So even though the on-base percentage is a lot is pretty close, the average shows that Devers is just he's has more solid contact. So I'm actually going to switch things up. As much as I love J Ram, you got to go with. Um, I think you got to go with Devers. Actually, I shouldn't say that. On this one, you could go either way. I would. You can vote for either, and I think. Either is a good choice. Kind of same with first base, honestly. Shortstop, we got Tim Anderson and Bo Bichette, and I love Bo Bichette, but it's definitely Tim Anderson. Like, Bo Bichette, the plate has been not great this year. He's been pretty, he's been decent, but not all-star level. So Anderson's elite plate production, plus his, um, even with his bad defense, is, um, it, it uh, makes him slightly better than Bo Bichette. So I you gotta go with Anderson. I mean, the three forty bang average just doesn't lie. He's just he's a hitting machine. He's also a real spark plug. Love him or hate him, but he's he's a difference maker. Um, in the outfield, so Judge has one spot already, and then the remaining spots. There's four guys uh vying for those. It's um Trout, you know, Carlos Stan, George Springer, and Lourdes Guerrero Jr. If you vote for Lourdes Guerrero Jr. in this vote, you're you're don't know. He's not an all. He doesn't even belong in the All Star game. He's only on it because he's a Blue Jay, and for some reason, everyone thinks the Blue Jays are the team to vote for. I, it, they're a good team, but no, no, just no. So Trout's rebounded after kind of a slump and some injury concerns. You know, back to doing usual Trout things. And then honestly, Springer's been okay this year, but I would go with Stan. Stan just has been knocking the cover off the ball. The bang average is not as high as you'd like it to be, maybe, but. I mean, 19 home runs. Springer's got 15, but uh, Stan also has 52 RBIs. Um, 258 for Springer, 244 for Stan in the batting average department. So um, both are lower average hitters. And But then Stan with an 856 OPS is a good bit higher. So he's your guy. However, 
I still think Taylor Ward should have been a nominee. You could even make the case for like Austin Hayes. He could have been an outfield starter, honestly. Yeah, but, you know, Stan's going to Yankees, whatever. And now I'm about to commit baseball heresy because for DH for the American League, if you do, if you vote, it's Jordan Alvarez and Shoei Otani. Now, this is crazy, but don't vote for Otani. Otani is a, one of the better hitters in the American League, but Jordan Alvarez is probably the best hitter in the American League. He leads the American League in OPS. He has a 316 batting average. He has 23 home runs, which is second only behind Aaron Judge. He has uh, 56 runs batted in, which is third in the American League. This guy's hitting on another level level right now. You can't vote for Otani. He's probably going to start anyways the pitcher, so just please vote for Alvarez. Likewise, for catcher, you got to give my uh, guy Alejandro Kirk some love here. He's hitting 320, which is fifth in the American League among all qualified hitters. He has 10 home runs and 31 RBIs, and he's going against Jose Trevino, who if Jose Trevino was not playing in New York, I'm sorry he would not be a finalist for this vote. He's a 271 batting average and six homers, which is pretty good, but even defensively, Kirk has been incredible. He's apparently top three in framing, I read on LB.com. So, yeah, you got to go with Kirk over Trevino, in my opinion, at least. Um, National League. I love Pete Alonzo, but Paul Goldschmidt has been just so good that you can't really justify. I mean, Goldschmidt does everything that Alonzo does. Like, Alonzo has three more home runs and four more RBIs, but Goldschmidt's batting average is 342, and he also has 24 doubles compared to Alonzo's 11. So, Goldschmidt is getting on base way more than Alonzo is. 424 on base percentage and a. 195 WRC plus, and this is crazy. So, yeah, Goldschmidt definitely deserves the starting nod here. Second base, it uh, comes down between Ozzy Albies and Jazz Chisholm. I wanted Jeff McNeil, but alas, he didn't make it. Uh, Albies is hurt long term, so give it to Jazz. I mean, he's definitely a viable option for it, too. Just not, in my opinion, he's, you know, his personality tends to overshadow the fact that he still doesn't hit for a great average. And he does strike out a lot, and he doesn't play great defense. But, yeah, it'll be fun to see him starting. I'll give the Marlins some attention. And, yeah, yeah, he's he's a fine player. It's just he's not the complete package. But he, he's a lot of fun to watch. I'll, I'll give him that. Uh, Manny Machado just got back off the IL. And even though he's contained with Nolan Arenado, who is probably a little better with the glove than he is, um, Machado still the should start in at third base for the National League, as I said previously. A uh, 328 bag average, a 400 OPS, or on-base percentage, a 945 OPS. Can't argue with that. Uh, he deserves that spot. And then for shortstop, um, the two guys, Trey Turner and Dansby Swanson, are pretty much identical offensively. I mean, 849 OPS for Turner, 844 for Swanson. So literally about the same. Uh, and I'm going to say I like the pick of Swanson. I mean, you know, Turner's a speedy guy, and he does all of – he he also is a real threat with the bat, but so is Swanson. I mean, not, he's not as devastating with the stolen bases as maybe uh as a uh, Turner might be. I mean, Turner's got 15 stolen bases, but in 11 home runs, Swanson I don't think is anywhere near that. He's 13 home runs, but he does have 11 stolen bases too. So yeah, I I'd say give it to Swanson. Get get a um not that the Braves need a ton of extra help, but 
yeah, he'd be a good pick. You could pick Turner too. Again, I wouldn't care either way. Like both picks are justifiable. Then the outfield. Ooh, I don't. Oh, actually, I, didn't, I realized I didn't actually select my outfielders. But uh, Cunha's got. I'm um, actually. I'll just read this list and kind of wing it. Okay, Mookie Betts, Jock Pearson, Starling Marte, and Am Duvall are finalists for the two spots. Yeah, not Duvall. No, no. He, he's he's okay. He's a great fielder. Good power bat, but nothing, you know, low bang average. Um, I'm going to say if Betts is healthy in time for the All-Star game, which I believe he might be. Um, he should definitely. Yeah, he's supposed to return before the All-Star game, but he might not want to play. So I would say I'd give it to Pearson and Marte. Both have been having fine seasons. Now, again, there's other National League outfielders who maybe deserve it a little more, but yeah. Um, yeah, Peterson and Marte are good picks. Or Betts, if he's back and he wants to play, then he should definitely get it. I would say give it to Peterson over Marte, as I said earlier. And then for DH, it's Bryce Harper against William Contreras. And unfortunately, kind of by default, Contreras should win because Harper is out for a long time with his injury. And this is where things get exciting. So the two catchers in contention are Wilson Contreras, William Contreras' brother, and Travis Darnode. And while Darno is a fine catcher, Contreras has been hitting extremely well, kind of under the radar because the Cubs have been kind of bad this year. But think about this. We could get William Contreras and Wilson Contreras, two brothers, starting in the All-Star game realistically. As long as enough people realize that Harper's hurt and put Contreras, William Contreras in, we'll have two brothers doing the All-Star game. And honestly, I don't think that's... I can do some research, maybe like the Maggio's brother. DiMaggio brothers did that or something, but I don't think that's happened before. So that would be really fun to watch. Um, definitely something I haven't seen. I don't think we've seen in my lifetime or for kind of the modern era, but yeah, those are my all-star kind of suggestions slash vote for these guys or you're an idiot. Please don't vote for Jose Trevino or Pete Alonzo, even though Pete Alonzo is really good. Anyway. Yep. Uh, yeah, it'll be fun to watch the game in L.A., even though it's all an exhibition, doesn't mean anything. But, hey, it's still fun. I can enjoy it if I want to. All right, and that'll do it for tonight's episode of Straight Out Left. Thank you so much for listening, guys. You can find this podcast on Anchor, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple and many other podcasting platforms. Make sure that you give it a five-star review or follow it or do whatever you gotta do to make sure it shows up in your feed so you don't miss a new episode. I've got some uh, other good content coming up the pipeline for you guys over the next few days, so keep your ears peeled, and I will talk to you all again soon.